Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Home Sweet Home Alone. Directed by Dan Mazer, Home Sweet Home Alone is the sixth film in the Home Alone franchise. The movie is available now on Disney+, Plus, but if you haven't watched Home Sweet Home Alone yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. The film was produced by 20th Century Studios as an original title for Disney+. Plus. It makes it the first 20th Century Studios film to be produced for the streaming service. Luke, you have the plot. Max Mercer has been left behind while his family is in Japan for the holidays. So when a married couple attempting to retrieve a priceless heirloom set their sights on the Mercer family's home, it is up to Max to protect it from the trespassers. Oh, okay. Now you, <laughs> wow, you know me and Home Alone, and we go way back. You know, you know, it's like it's almost like we were born at the same time. Um, Home Alone holds a, a special place in my little in my little delicate soul. Um, and you know, there's been you know the besides the second one, the sequels have been you know pretty. Pretty average, pretty average to pretty bad. I had I had a little bit of hope for this purely because I'm like, okay, like Disney has involvement in this. Um, you know, it's got a really good cast, which we'll get to. There's sort of a lot going for it. The the the, the kid, you know, the, um, Archie Yates, you know, fresh off, you know, Joe Rabbit. Like, I had. I had hopes. This movie, this movie hurt me on a um, on a weird on a weird level. And I, I want to say now, it's not the worst Home Alone sequel, but it's still pretty bad. And I think what they're doing in this is probably way worse than what they've done in previous ones. In terms of like, I don't know. I want to call this movie. I'm probably being ridiculous here, but I want to call some of the stuff in this movie offensive. Offensive. <laughs> So Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Columbus, John Williams, the works, just everything, just everything. I mean, <laughs> okay, honestly, now you talk. <laughs> the, I think the sound that the, the two of us made in the opening there pretty much says it all. As you know, I've not seen <laughs> Home Alone 3, 4, and 5. I wanted to go and watch them ahead of this movie. I know it wasn't absolutely necessary, but I I didn't want to only judge it against the first two Home Alone films, which that first film I love, and I really like that second film. Those other ones, third one was okay. The fourth one, I was shocked to find that it's Kevin McAllister. (laughs) Who ever thought that was a good idea? Well, not... they killed two of his siblings. They divorced <laughs> the parents. <laughs> it's it's horrendous. And what I what I found is that even though Kevin McAllister is older in number four, not as capable as those first two <laughs> movies. Five was kind of okay. So I feel like I needed to have seen those other sequels ahead of to this get the one. Full to get the full homeland experience well just so i wasn't because again i do 
yeah, if I, you know what? I love that first one, love the second one. Grew up watching them, and I do hold them up on a pedestal. And I felt as though if that was the standard I was looking at home, sweet home alone to me, it was never going to get there. I thought, right, okay, let me get the full experience. But at least, but at least somewhere, you know, middle ground, or worst case, you know, you know, Home Alone three's level, or maybe a little bit above, something like that. Not even close. <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I, can, I can say this, like, as a matter of fact, Home Alone 4 is the worst Home Alone film. Definitely, yeah. And then probably probably five, then this one. No, yeah. Mm, this one, then five. I don't know. It's hard, isn't I it? I don't know. I just know it's been a while. It's been a couple of years since I watched five. But yeah, fourth is 100%. The worst. Let's start. Let's talking this actual movie. Let's start with the Mackenzies. Now, the reason I'm starting with these guys, these are our. These are our burglars, uh, essentially. These are our wet bandits. These are, like, they're not the wet, the wet bandits, but these are our criminals, trespassers, home invaders who break into the house where the little boy is left home alone. Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney play Pam and Jeff McKenzie, a married couple, parents themselves, who aren't even criminals. They are trying to retrieve a valuable family heirloom, a doll with a weird head. An ugly boy. And and Max thinks they're talking <laughs> about him. Hilarious. <laughs> the, the movie, the premise of this movie is set up with mistaken identity, a, um, uh, if that's the right term, just, just an accident, accidental circumstantial events. These characters do not deserve the torment and torture and slapstick antics that they get run down through. And I, I, I don't know how I feel about well, you do know, know what? the experience. For me, it doesn't work. It's just mean. You had Marvin Harry in that first, well, the first two yeah. films. And Nasty were, sons of bitches. Exactly. They were <laughs> criminals. They were bad guys where it's a misunderstanding here. Yeah, I just want to share. So ahead of me even seeing this film, that was about, it had been out for about a week on Disney Plus before I got to watch it. And they'd put out some character posters and I shared them on Twitter. And somebody replied, and I shared them under the podcast, and somebody replied, the kid is the criminal in this film. And I was like, whoever you are, I hate you. Because that's exactly what's happening in the film. They flip it, but I knew that going in because of somebody on Twitter replying to a post that I posted. I guess I'm as much to blame. So I, I did. How did. Going in, but, I mean, there was that, some sort that, of um, twist. Our loyal follower there, I mean, they're not wrong. The... You know, Pam and Jeff, they are, they're the first characters we meet. You know, we weren't meeting Marvin and Harry in the opening scene of Home Alone. We were meeting, I mean, Harry was there, but like, we meet these characters first. We don't see Max until, I mean, I didn't, I didn't timestamp it, but it, what felt maybe like 10, 15 minutes into the movie, you know, he's driving, the, he's in the car with his mom, talking about needing a wee and stuff. 
fantastic. Archie <laughs> Yates, you know, Archie Yates, cute kid, very talented, you know, like adorable little accent. He looks a lot smaller than a kid his age should be. I, I'm, I'm not sure what the deal is there, but <laughs> I don't know. He's got, he's got room to grow. He'll get there. Um, you know, like good kid. And of course, he, he can obviously act. Jojo Rabbit, as an example, like, he was fantastic he was in that. He was great in that. And do you know what? Fantastic. Not, not just him. This film has a really good cast. Yeah, I mean, we like, you know, already mentioned Ellie Kemper and, and Rob Delaney, but yeah, throwing our chairs in. So I was like, this is, and there's more, we'll get to him, but he's good. He's good. And for the most part, his performance in this is pretty entertaining, pretty fun. But the character, he's, I mean, in terms of like what we want from a home alone, like this kid, he embraces being home alone for like a literal two minute montage. Probably not even that. And then after that, he's like, well, I'm over that. Yeah, okay. And then my parents back. Like, he's, he doesn't even embrace it. And then he takes no effort to try and work out why these... I mean, I get he's under the misunderstanding of circumstances, but, like, he makes no effort to try and be like, hey, I'm just a kid. Like, what do you do? Like, play it all? You know, I don't know. I don't know. He just tortures these these people. They shouldn't be breaking into his house. I get I mean, it. For but... him, it's it's self-defense. And again, the ugly mm. boy, the doll they're trying to retrieve. It's the first Home Alone film where the kid's not the hero. He's not the central figure. He's not the main character. You're right. Look yeah. at the marketing. It's all over the posters. He is central on all the posters. On quite a few of the one sheets, it's just him alone. And then you've got Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper on the others. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the, that's the marketing of, of Home Alone. It's all about this kid who's home alone. And previously what we've seen is, you know, the Macaulay Culkin of it. He is the hero of the story, the one torturing, you know, the, the, the bad guys. But that's the thing. They're bad guys. They're, they're guys that will, that will threaten to bite off a kid's finger or will pull out a gun and actually threatened to kill the kid. Like, we're talking real, real hard, stern bad guys. We, in this movie, we don't get that. We no. get these. Well, well missed, just, you know, like... On Mike's, though, when we're first introduced to him, like, almost immediately, I'm thinking, I do not like him. He's a cocky little shit. <laughs> do not like him. And I thought, mm. I'm in trouble with this film here. We've got Ashley B playing his mum. She's away for most of the movie, which is typical for Home Alone. The parents need to be away. That's usually they the format. Yeah, have some <laughs> scenes together, and I do like her. And but the the kid annoyed me. But for me, I didn't necessarily think he had the doll. I thought the real estate agent played by Keenan Thompson. I thought he had it. I was thinking the same thing. I definitely knew the kid didn't have it. I was like, we've never seen it. All we're seeing is a bulge in a jacket. I didn't know it was the the, the drink can soda thing. I, I don't know. But he wanted one of those drinks. He wanted a sugary. It makes, of course, drink. it makes sense like, after the fact. You know, I, I need to say this now, and I'm pretty much going to jump to the end. Max's cousin, that little kid, and it happens throughout the movie. He's just taking things. And you find out that the little kid, was it Ollie? I think he was called Ollie. He was the kid that actually took the doll. 
And when it, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Max's cousin. It was. Um, it was that little kid? Well, it was the cousin. It was. It was the. the Mackenzie's. It was the Mackenzie's relatives. So it had nothing to do with Max and his family at all. Oh, it was, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Yes, oh, that is absolutely right. That little kid Ollie, when he's when he's found out, and they had that big slapstick scene where it's being thrown. This person's missing. That person's missing. Max saves the day. But when Ollie is called out, I was so infuriated when he did the Macaulay Culkin aftershave pose. That's because that's <laughs> an that's example it is. of it's how offensive. It is. It's the shock, the sting. Even though he didn't shave, it's the shock and the sting of the aftershave. That's where that classic Home Alone pose comes mm. from. And him, just yeah. So it's almost like, it. like, why did he do it? Like, there's and it just and and I I don't want to just I don't want to be too harsh on on a kid actor. But it, it, that whole scene is shit. And that kid, like, that it's just, I, I know I've got my own baggage. Just having that scene recreated in a way that wasn't good, but the delivery wasn't there, but I appreciate it's a little kid. But it almost, it, it was almost as if it was a blooper that they just left in the film. It didn't fit. <laughs> and it's such a classic Home Alone scene. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, we can come back to some of the characters after, I reckon, but I think that's a good lead into some of the, like, I guess, like the Home Alone, Home Alone-isms. Like, watching this, I mean, what they've done previously in, in some of the sequels has sort of, tr- they've tried to do their own thing. Obviously, like, you know, they've got, you know, the, the format, kids get left at home, the different, like, different situations leading to that. But in this one, they they almost tried to be very, you know, that, that, homage type, like nostalgic, just pulling on things, whether it's dialogue or a certain, a certain shot or a certain action or, or something, just like a callback or like a musical piece. And we'll get to music as well. At the moment. But the, there's so many different moments in this where I was just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like, like Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen, like, like I get it. I understand. Or that you know, happened. That happened a lot. You know, I liked the modernized version of Angels with Filthy Souls. I should say, I watched this film with my wife and with my kids, and I was experiencing this movie a lot different to how my wife was. And I think mm. her overall rating is lower than mine was, to be fair. But for her, it's like, it's a film, I'm going to watch it, might be good, might be bad, I don't really care. Whereas for me, yeah. and just like you, Home Alone, I'm so invested in Home Alone as a property. And, and I'm like, hey, they've done a modern version of that old movie. And she's like, oh, have they? Yes, they have. But then I think, I think my experience was similar, maybe not as bad. But <laughs> I think with my wife, like, again, like, she has her appreciation for, for Home Alone. She's familiar, but I don't think she picked up on a lot of the very niche sort of moment. like there's a there's a scene where the Mackenzies get out of bed and it's like you know it's a bird's eye shot and the way that they both get out of the bed even though they're not in in that much of a hurry but it almost is reminiscent of when the McAllister parents realize that they're late for the airport and they get out of bed and that's like those kind of moments I'm like 
I see what they've done there. Yeah, me too. Good for them for trying something like that. Like, but then I'm pretty sure the wife is just like, like, like blank face on a blank, blank expression. Like, so not quite like, the same as my wife, but similar in, well, again, like, I'm like, right, okay, this is a new home alone. Let's see what they're yeah. going to do. And my mm. wife's like, okay, it's a film. Like, so, again, like, not really, not really invested. Like, yeah. I like my wife would have picked like picked up on the line where it's like go easy on the soda even though you know for some reason they couldn't get pepsi branding this movie okay but it's like you know the line from home alone where it's like fuller go easy on the pepsi like you know ellie kemper's screams out go easy on the soda like it's like okay like my wife would pick up on something like that i think it's because like we say go easy on the pepsi every time i'm drinking yeah. a bloody pepsi and you know we, but we we watched the first home alone movie at christmas time and, and i'll be doing it again this year and you know watching home alone 2 as well but your wife just doesn't care enough i think <laughs> well, but, well, she likes it she watches it but i think anyway that's a, that's a whole i'm not gonna get into that so anyway you know that's a, <laughs> just moving along. <laughs> we could we could talk more, you know, as you said, the home alone isms. But you mentioned the music a couple of times, and I feel like the music very much should be included in that. Because more than the kid with the hands on the face, little Ollie, the music is what really pissed me off. Because yeah. we're getting yeah. the John Williams music, we're getting the choir from that first film, and then I'm like. I see what you're doing here. I don't appreciate it. So we're watching. That's where I'm film. Yeah, it's a it's a reboot. Whereas I love that music, and they know that we love that music, and they're playing on that. So I feel like they they're trying. They're not earning your enjoyment. They're mm. just they're just giving you something that you enjoy as part of this new thing. And it's just, and I was feeling, oh, I like this music, but the movie had not earned that. They've just used yeah. it from that old movie. Look, some of the, some of the like, uh, you know, like the, the Christmas songs and stuff they throw in there, which were songs that they used, whether it was from that first movie or, or Home Alone 2, I'm like, you know, that's fine. Like they're just, they're just the songs and it's sort of like, okay, we're kind of using the same soundtrack. That's all right, kind of cool. But you know, you, you referred to like, like the choir song, the somewhere in my memory, um, sort of piece, the church scene in the first Home Alone movie, like this scene and when that's playing, like this is a really important moment. It's it's about Kevin sort of, you know, discovering that you know something that he's been afraid of, you know, like old man Marley, like there's there's more to it, and you know, like he's just been fed a whole bunch of lies, and he's learning a whole bunch of stuff. Then he's talking about you know reconciliation with family. And, his relationship with like his father and vice like there's a lot going on Dad, like more than just this so slapstick yeah death so that's the word home like, alone one has depth like you're talking about the old man you've got the lady with the birds in mm. the sequel you there's something else going on you've got this you've got this kid and he's not seeing what maybe and what adults will see and what will, oh, let's cross over the street because this guy's a little strange or this woman's a little strange. Of the innocence of youth and he's able to connect. And yeah, you know, those, those then, feelings, uh, which again, you do kind of get a bit of it in this one, but it's it's not for this movie. It's for those first two films. Yeah. But what I'm saying, like with that, you know, with that chorus song, you know, that somewhere in my, in my memory, it's like, that's such an important 
you know like part of that movie and you know like that that melody plays throughout you know the like that first home alone movie when there's certain moments you know like he, he's thinking about his mom later on you know like where you know everything's said and done he's just like i just want my, my parent my family back my mom especially all that kind of stuff i just want to you know because he feels like he's done something wrong to to make them disappear he truly believes that that's what the situation is well, in this movie they take that, that song yeah but you know he, he wished it and you know and they can't undo it but in this movie they take that song and they throw it in as like the like the triggering memories of of the you know of ellie kemper's character like that like i was gonna say the mum, but like the the villain mum, i guess weird to say her thinking about her kids playing in the house and stuff which is you know sweet nice i get it but it's like it's so early in the movie it's just it's like they've just used it as as a track to you know cover the thing and essentially i mean at that point we don't realize that you know these characters aren't necessarily going to be played as villains as such but we think okay we're going to get the origins of these characters turning dark like and we're using this song to set up like their origin essentially it's like no like screw you this is offensive this is the that's the first moment where i was like oh no they're gonna they're just gonna shit on this and not just be like hey we're just gonna make an average movie we're actually gonna take things that have meaning and purpose to it and actually just make it mean nothing and just use it for whatever yeah i'm like it's just it's not cool i mean whether whether i was just taking it personally or not but it felt like <laughs> offended. It felt like the film was trying to manipulate me into feeling something because I was reminded of those better Home Alone films. But what it was doing was just reminding me of those better Home Alone films. Full stop. Like there was nothing to follow. It was just, oh yes, I might go watch Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin, you know, directed by Christopher Columbus. I go watch <laughs> that now. Like, <laughs> if we're going to say something positive, I do like the character of Buzz being in this and having the original actor coming back. And just like in those first movies, a cop does go to the house to check, see if there's anything out of the ordinary. And that cop this time being Buzz. But you know what? That's pretty fun. They found a way to have a McAllister in there. Yeah, so they they obviously got um, Devin Rattray, who is reprising his role as Buzz from those first two movies back. It's the first time that I guess these sequels have attempted to make this, I guess, in-universe, which you say you like it, I say, well, you know, if it's not a great movie and they're linking it, then, again, it's like, stay away from it. Don't put your grubby hands on it. Yeah, no, I I, I like it. And in those first two films, like Buzz... He would always be picking on Kevin. And then we find out all these years later, but this time of the year, every year, Kevin plays the prank on Buzz. And that's why he thinks that there's nothing really happening at the house. A kid's not really alone. My mm. brother Kevin, he plays his prank on me every year. You see that Kevin has got his own security business and they've got the home alone logo on the on the signs yeah yeah McAllister security yeah see that was pretty fun so i'm i'm okay with using kevin McAllister that way it was just that home alone four film which was bloody which completely different yeah again we we get a few lots of we get a few callbacks as well you know like when buzz is in you know in his patrol car and he's essentially just talking to himself and he's like 
what did he say? Something like blah, blah, blah. Like something about Kevin. He's just like, am I going to let him fool me again? It's like, I don't think so. Again, another callback to yeah. classic Nicole Culkin. So and then he even calls him a snout okay. triffer. A snout, yeah. snout. He even calls him a snout sniffer. So that's which okay. is, yeah, again, yeah, I mean, it's like little things like that. It was rumoured for such a long time that McCall the Culkin would actually appear in this film to the point where Culkin had to announce that the rumours were fake and he wouldn't actually be reprising his role. That really put it to bed for people because they were sure that it was going to appear. But I think having Buzz in it, it, it works for me. I mean, they really I mean, when, yeah. went to town when they had him eating the food and just being generally gross, but I guess that's how you think of Buzz. It's just interesting it, that he didn't grow up to be a criminal, like maybe you would have once thought, but instead a cop. It's funny because in, um, I can't remember which DVD it is, but there's like some interview behind the scenes thing where the actor, um, Devin Retro, like someone asked him, you know, like, where do you see the character of Buzz, you know, like in 20 years time or something like that. And, um, and Devin said, you know, like, oh, probably in jail. Ironically, you know, he grew up to be a cop. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, where is he now? But I mean, the character comes and, and goes. I mean, he's in a couple of scenes, but then, you know, we, we don't see him again. He doesn't play a, a real major part. He's almost Isn't just... it enough, though. I feel like it, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not his movie. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not a quick cameo, though. Like, he's actually, is in it. Like, it's not one of the, a case of like quick, let's get the original actor, give him a couple of lines and then move him on. He's actually <laughs> in it. He's got some interactions. A little bit, little bit false, um, maybe some false advertising, though, and we see some snippets um, or even some screenshots of, you know, Max and, and Buzz, you know, standing together, interacting, and the only time that actually happens is it's a fantasy. Yes. That is yeah. interesting. I did notice that. So, obviously, we watched this on Disney+. Plus. As soon as you click on it to watch and before you hit play what fills your tv is max and buzz together so does that is the screenshot like... i'm thinking about actually yeah and and the way they've angled it you see clearly the name badge McAllister. Mm. they know what they're doing in that regard <laughs> well you're right it doesn't actually but i i think it, it's good that it happened that way because you just assume they're going to have some scenes together so a lot of this movie is predictable, but that wasn't. It's oh, okay, so they're going to get together at some point, but they never do outside of, as you like, say, the dream. It stuff. would have been cool if, you know, like Buzz was almost the inspiration to Max or something, you know, like maybe like he sort of like, like tries to help in some way. Maybe Buzz says, you know, like talks about a story of like when his, you know, his little brother was left home alone and, you know, obviously like that's what he did in this situation or whatever and then yeah but then he'd probably say like no but just call the cops though if you get think about it, i don't know like kevin got left home alone one time which admittedly as a parent is a big deal like you definitely don't want to leave kids <laughs> home alone at such a young age especially going overseas but it happened one time the other time he just got lost in new york he wasn't left home that's alone. it that's the name of the movie it's like, yeah <laughs> It's a different thing. But, you know, they found a way to say home alone in the film. Always reminds me of Family Guy. Peter Griffin, hey, they said the thing. They said the thing. Yeah, I love it. Mm. When I'm watching uh, movies in the title, love it. Although they don't, they say home sweet home gets thrown around a lot. But at no point do they put the whole title together. 
which is good because that would have been mm. ridiculous. I mean, with the time, mean, that, that's more grounding for the fact that the Mackenzies are our main characters because it's their home. It's their home sweet home that the title yep. refers to. It's all about them and obviously like not wanting to sell the house or they have to, but that doll financially, they'll be able to utilize that, that money to, to resolve that problem and they can keep the house. But that's where we get, you know, like we get um, Keenan Thompson in as Gavin Washington, the, the real estate agent who you for the, for the longest time thought that he was the one who had stolen the doll. And you know what? I know Keenan's busy doing SNL. I'd like to see more Keenan. He's good, and he's and he's. Why's up for it? He's one of the. It's just another edition of, of this film. Yeah, of just a good like name you want to throw in there and just have a good time with, and the scenes that he's in, you know, like, like they're fun. Well, it's generally funny, like when you first see yeah. him, because the Mackenzie's kids they don't know the house is for sale, so they come home. Yeah, yeah, and there's no explanation for who Keenan Thompson is, and that's generally funny. Yeah, they, and then he's like, oh, your dad's a like personal trainer. <laughs> you know, we're going to work on his butt or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're going to work on his flub. He's got a flubby tummy. <laughs> and, then, and then they're at church. And then, and then it turns out, like, you get that, like, like, the son, and he's in on it. Like, he knows what's got. He's just like, he doesn't know the actual details, but he's like, yeah, this guy's just pretending to be my dad's personal trainer for some reason. And I'm like, well, you just don't know what's going on. And then... Yeah, there's a nice moment in the church, like with the with like the toy drive and the exchange between that kid whose name I didn't. Let's call him the uh, the Mackenzie kid, the Mackenzie um, and Max. You know, like with the with the water blaster. Yeah, the Mackenzie son. Yeah, with the toy, and it's like <laughs> you know, and then there's like the the church clergy girl lady. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, none. <laughs> Doesn't matter, but she gives him the toy. Yeah, let's um, let's. That's actually that leads into that. That's more of like Max is like not a great kid, you know. Like he's in this situation, and he 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 accepts that toy, and he takes it. Like he just has no clear understanding of. I mean, he's supposed to. He's supposed to have some growth, isn't he? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like you know, in this movie, we get towards the end, but we jump one year later. I well, and to that, I, I would have preferred, scene. I would have preferred, not to have had one year later. Just end the film there. It all happened at this yeah. time of the year. End it there. But then it's all, everything's resolved. They've made new friends. Oh, it's like Got a, a hallmark. Like, yeah. I didn't like the one year later at all. But again, I'm going to go back to the biggest crime of this movie, which is why I couldn't get on board with it, is just how likeable Pam and Jeff McKenzie are. So at no point are you rooting for the kid, which, again, this is Home Alone 6. The previous movies, as shit as four is, the kid is still the hero of the film. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, you've got got these two characters like that. It's mean. It's a likeable cast. It's a funny... (laughs) funny cast and they are parents they're trying to save their family home and they believe they're retrieving something that's been stolen from them and, and this is the thing yeah, like, in, flipping, in flipping it they're trying to do something new 
and I appreciate. I, I, I think they're, they're missing the mark. I yes, I appreciate the trying to do something new, but in the the first two movies, like Bolu Ball to the head and all of that, like you you know, like getting the head set on fire. It's cartoon violence, but it's the yeah. bad guys getting their comeuppance, so you can get on board with it. Whereas this is just mean spirited. Like, like the biggest crime is is you know like entering and entering into a premise which is a crime and, and that's it yeah. <laughs> you know, which is yeah but i mean they're not trying to steal like they're not robbing the place like i just feel like consequences would have been higher like you were just waiting for max's mom to go home and see i mean he's ruined the house he's fending yeah. off the burglars but he did a number on the house and then instead of staying with them one year later have a Christmas dinner together. Then the movie ends. It's just, it's just, it's a silly, it's a silly, sappy ending. The circumstance, like, as, okay, it's weird because like, we're talking like Home Alone movies, like, you know, they're not, re- like, they're not realistic. They're obviously so silly. You referred to, you know, cartoon part 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, in this, and of course, you're going to get the same, you know, the, the slapstick stuff aside. And if you can buy the situation of like them, them actually leaving the kid, all right, cool, let's just buy all that. But you get to the end and that's like the most unreal, unrealistic thing is that, okay, these two, these two individuals did break into your house, um, essentially like freaked the shit out of your kid who, you know, you did leave there alone, whoops. He then retaliated because someone, these two people were breaking into his house. I mean, how much are you going to pin on the kid and say, like, you broke the chandelier, you pretty much destroyed all this and did that and, you know, wasted all of our soda? It's like, not much. It's like, he tried to defend his... He was doing the right thing, I, th- I think. Honestly. How can you then yeah. have a meal with the, <laughs> with can't. these two people and their family? You can't. You it's can't. too weird and awkward. Because you'd be like, you know, you're Max's mom and you'd be like, you know, okay. So I, I've I've heard both sides of the story. You guys are lunatics. I'm getting a restraining order, but no. What I'm assuming no, because is because it's, be it's a fiction world. Thing. They're gonna get together <laughs> every year, reminisce about, remember that time when. Yeah, ha 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 ha. Oh, I get it. Like they they ended up paying for all the damages and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, you're still terrorized and tormented our kid for you know a couple of days when i mean it comes you know, you, the mckenzie like they they go full parents when they realize what's going on you know the whole chandelier moment yeah you know like and especially ellie Kemp, like she's very much in there and she's like you know like she becomes a mum and she's like, um, I'll look after you. Like we'll take care of you until your mum yep. gets back. And, you know, like, we'll... so that you was know, good. That was, that was, that was a good moment. Because they, they, because of course this whole time, like they are those people, like they, they're not monsters. They're just parents trying to do, trying to save their, their family home. That's all they're trying to do. And they, yeah, it's just, it's so hard to have these characters they just go through all this stuff. Like they're bumbling, you know, they're a bit silly and goofy and all that. But I think in those moments, like that just makes them more likable, which makes it yeah. more frustrating Again, when they're it's getting a, it's the biggest problem with this film. 
at no point do you have sympathy for Marv and Harry. They are the bad guys. That is their sole purpose for being there, to yeah. be the bad guys. So when they're getting attacked, even though it's ridiculously cartoony and silly and over the top and so violent, and oh my God, they probably died four times or more. It's like we're, we're, we're cheering when, you know, they're getting their face hit by, you know, a, a bucket swinging down the stairs, you know, like when they're getting electrocuted or burnt alive and stuff like that. We're cheering. We're having a good time. We're like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, I'm a bit twisted inside. But yeah, this is fun. When it's happening to them, it's, it's sort of like, okay, ooh, like, okay, poor, poor Ellie Kemper. Like, I, oh, no, stop hurting her, please. And I feel like she got a, she probably got it worse than, um, yes, I'd say, than the, than the dad, yeah, I reckon. Did. But yeah, oh, it's, man. it, you know, it just doesn't work. It does it. It's, it, it doesn't. <laughs> should, should we rate it? Is that a lead into our rating? I think that was my review. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, you want to put a number yeah. on that? <laughs> It's, it's a hard one because if it was a different film, we're getting funny performances from Rob Delaney, Ellie Kemper. And there's things to like in this film. It's just hard because it's not just a film. It's a Home Alone film. So if we're reviewing it as that, I mean, the fact that it's supposed to be rooting for the kid, whereas... The sympathy for me was for the burglars. I and the music killed me, really killed me. I'm I'm going to come in at a and I'm going to say generous, a generous two out of five. The high two, or a low <laughs> yeah, look, two, maybe a low two. I think that's what I mean. But it, it, <laughs> a it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two. Out of five, like a two minus, like a it's, two minus, or it's it's barely it's barely a two. It's yeah. I mean, for me, the best thing that came out of this film is the fact that here on the podcast we got to review a brand new Home Alone film. Was it a good one? But we got to review a new Home Alone film. I That's take that, and I, I, yeah, I feel like that means you enjoyed having a conversation with me about this movie. So that's that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside, which this movie did not. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I started this review talking about how offensive and <laughs> just not good this movie is or was. I don't know. I'm lost. Um, Production-wise, this probably is like probably the, the, the best made movie since... The third one. I mean, and that's not saying much. Like, we're talking TV movie. I mean, this is technically a TV movie. Oh, it's all hard. It's too hard these days. But, I mean, it's not the, okay, it's not the worst Home Alone sequel. But it's still, that's, I mean, that's not a high bar to... No, I, no, I don't no. understand why it's so difficult <laughs> I mean, to get there. Yeah. For me I feel like Home it's, 3... It's I feel like Home Alone 3... Yeah, it's better than 4. 3 is like, I think the, the highest the bar can possibly go in terms of a sequel that isn't a part of those original two that's the level you want to at least get at and I feel like if I'd gotten one of those I would be talking a lot more I would have been like they had a good effort way to go yeah a new edition not the best but whatever we had a good time I cannot say this this movie again like 
the music offended me. The like moments, the callbacks that they were trying to do, a lot of the times just were not landing. Um, you know, there's there's literally just dialogue that's lifted from the original movies. And if this is a continuity, if this is in the same continuity, it's like it doesn't make any sort of logical sense. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but like great cast, but like just they weren't given anything to do of any sort of substance. It was just like a, a cheap kids movie that I'm not sure. Like you can't compare them. That's not fair, but this, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll stop talking and just give you a number. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 1.5 out of five. Fairly similar. Yeah. I just feel like production value lifts it from being a one, but then yeah, there's, Watching this was, it was like I couldn't turn away at any point. There was not one point where I was like, I want to turn this off, which is weird because I was so invested in just how hurtful this movie was. <laughs> just how awful. It was, it was like... <laughs> it, it's just like, hard. It's hard to get your mind around it because we're getting, we are getting good performances. But when I say that, whether it's Rob Delaney, Ellie Kemper, it's they're very good at the slapstick, like the visual comedy. Like they're able to do all of that. So even when the dialogue isn't necessarily there, we're still getting a good performance out of the actors. But the film itself, the script, the fact that you are rooting for the burglars, it doesn't work as a Home Alone film. So I think even when they're good, the film isn't. I feel like the, the the premise, the idea of flipping it, I'm not totally against. I just feel like if they're going to do it, they need to do it in a way where it's it's perfectly clear and they've got to really make the kid like a menace, like really like a little terrorising little shit. Not like, you know, because this Max was still, although he was cocky, like you said, you know, like to yeah, begin a bit of with, a... though, he softened, is a shit to begin with, but the mm. burglars... They are parents trying to save their family home. And you can't shake that, can you? Like, that's the just, mistake. Yeah. You can have, you can flip it like they have, and you can have the kid be a little shit. But I think the, the kid the needs, needs to be bad. really bad. Like, if they are going to do it this way, the kid really needs to be bad. And then it has to be like the parents sort of, or like the, these these good characters, I guess, trying to fight the House of Terrors. And then it's almost like, like, oh, here's a really clever spin. But then that's the key word. You need it. If you're going to do the spin, it's got to be clever. You can't just spin it and expect us to enjoy it and have a good time because it doesn't work. And that clearly proved it for at least both of us anyway that doing it didn't work. The kid is the hero. That's Um, Home Alone. Well, what we're meant to experience, like, oh, the idea of being home alone and that's cool like no family no parents we're meant to see that upside and enjoy that we got that for a couple minutes not even that i reckon and then nothing and then and then and then the idea of like oh well the the downside of being home alone is that you know it can be pretty damn scary okay then actually make it scary don't make it oh like people are coming in it's like it's your friend's parents, man. Like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, ridiculous. I gave you my number, right? 1.5? Yep, cool. You did. And I'm not sure <laughs> I've said, but I you know, so watched this with my family, youngest being four, eldest being nine. And 
they didn't necessarily enjoy it. They watched it. So I, it was a I movie. feel like if we watched yeah. it with family, but it, it's I mean, I mean, okay, to put it in context, my youngest and I recently rewatched the Steve Barton film Cheaper by the Dozen. She really liked that. She didn't have as many th- nice things to say about Home Sweet Home Alone. Mm. I think I'm like, if a movie, if a, like, especially if it's like a family oriented movie, if it doesn't quite work for the parents, you know, it's a bonus if it does. If if for the adults, the parents, people are, you know, if we're like, whether it's you know the original was better kind of argument or like, oh look, it just didn't have that appeal to us this time around. Cool. If then, you know, the kids are loving it and having a good time, then it's like, well, it works for them. That's the audience. Okay, cool. I can live with it. If you're saying, you know, your kids weren't even getting into it and, and it's like, well, then they've misstepped on both ang- on both levels there. Yeah. I mean, when we watch movies on a Saturday night as a family, there's a bit more of an investment from everybody to sit down and experience this, this film together. So we did all all watch it, like it, it kept the kids' attention, but because it was that movie night setting, the film didn't stay with them, didn't really do much for them. I mean, closer to Christmas, we'll go back and watch the first two. They'll get to see those. But yeah, I mean, you, you're right. Like sometimes as an adult with a, a, a family movie, I will maybe, that's not reaching me as an adult, maybe that's not for me. But the kids could enjoy it. No, not this movie. They watched it because it was on, but didn't. What well, they they weren't laughing at the gags. It just yeah. The, this movie just didn't work. Yeah, that is that is a shame. Um, all right, I've got a bit of uh, trivia as we always like to to wrap up with. I thought I got a little bit. I don't know it's a bit bit of left field here but we're going back to the original home alone because <laughs> screw this movie i say <laughs> we're going back to the original um i'm going to talk about playboy yes we are doing that i figured buzz is in this movie buzz is in that original movie let's have something linked to him buzz has a playboy in that original movie now the issue of playboy obviously kevin finds this in buzz's room um is from july 1989 with um Erica Eleniak as Miss July. The actual trivia I'm giving you is that this issue was actually also shown in the movie Under Siege from 1992, which also featured Eleniak playing a major role. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, now she plays the character. I think Jordan. Is it Jordan, I believe? I had it written down. I forget the character's name. I had it written down. It's been a while since I've seen a Steven Seagal film, to be fair. Yeah, Jordan Tate, I believe. I think it was the character's name. Obviously, the blonde woman in that movie. But um, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> a bit of Playboy trivia. Yeah, I, to I buzz. Think, I've got to be honest. I think that's a first for the podcast. Playboy trivia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for our review of Home Sweet, Home Alone. Dear God, please go subscribe <laughs> and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. You know, in the history of the podcast is the first time at the beginning of, of a review, we both let out a joint sigh before <laughs> like we were doing the yeah. review. <laughs> like we both didn't want to be here. But I got to say, come the end of it, just like you said, 
had a good time. I've had a good time. So maybe that side was not warranted. I enjoyed talking about it more than watching it. But anyway, we are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films You Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdupodcast.com. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Red Notice and be sure to check out our next review, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Got to be honest, I'm not expecting a lot, but I just want to see it. I think it's about bloody time. So yeah. <laughs> We are way overdue. When did that come out? October 1st in, oh, I don't know, somewhere on the planet? Out. And then November 25th for us. Outrageous. Oh, yep, my line. Okay, you've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. We got there. See you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Not scripted at all. Not at all. There you go.